Hello, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Alvarigo, schoolandertalk.com. Uh, Ali, uh, congratulations on uh, being quarantined. Yeah, I know. Well, hey, listen, for some of us, we don't take it as bad as others, right? Like, you know what I was thinking the other day? Imagine the isolation that someone feels like an astronaut on the space station. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, they're they're literally in a six-by-six six box floating around, you know, like, they, you know, it's just the craziest thing. And then they, they're up there for, like, six months, eight months, just non, just them, looking out a small window at, at a big blue ball, you know, going, like, there's no communication. There's no, like, drive-by birthday parties unless it's some aliens and stuff like that. They can't even uh, FaceTime their family. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's the weirdest thing. Well, I don't know. Can they FaceTime? I'm not sure. I think, you know what I did see, which is interesting? I saw a really amazing video. You can look it up on um, on YouTube, where Elon Musk had, like, a train of satellites being tugged into the into space. And you could see, like, 55 different lit satellites, like, in, like, a, it looked like a bracelet of lights that they were dragging into space for his, uh, his new project, which is called Earthlink, I think it is, which is crazy, where he'll be able, he's trying to get free internet for everyone. So it, wow. It, yeah, it's amazing. But anyway, to see that going up in space, but just imagine, like, being in the in a space capsule. And I know where, you know, we're in our homes. We have 10 rooms, depending on the size of the house, where, you know, we have TV in every room or every a few rooms. You know, we're able to uh, get deliveries of fast food. I had my first Chinese food delivery the other day, which they finally opened my restaurant by me. Um, you know, so I, I know we're struggling. A lot of people are really having a hard time with it, but I think a lot of it is perception, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. But, boy, it, it uh, sure does make a difference when you can uh, get out and move around and have interaction and, uh, you know, yeah, be back to some normalcy. You know? Yeah. Well, we're social creatures as human behavior, aren't we? Like, we are, you know, we're pack mentality. We're not isolated type mentality. So, I mean, we we thrive on human interaction. We thrive on others' opinions. We thrive on human contact. And I think when that's taken away, people feel an extreme sense of loneliness. So even when you can interact on the Internet here back and forth, when you hang up, you still don't have that, that human touch connection. It's almost like um, I saw a thing on a baby the other day when they're first born and how human contact, skin to skin, is so important into their early stage of development and safety and trust. So it's a pretty interesting thing. But, um, you know, we're making it through. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. Like, what is this? This is May 13th. So we closed in March. So this is two months, technically on the 13th. Right? I think it was like, the you know, the Monday before. So we're two months of doing what we do, which you had just mentioned, and I mentioned that we still are getting cancellations. We're still getting people that have said, you know, we've given that Internet stuff a try, you know, and, you know, it's just not working. My kids are struggling. And, you know, this is part of this reentry and mentality we're talking about this whole entire thing we're going through. But I think a lot of it has to do with people not having any rules and regulations at their home, right, that missing discipline. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I, it's uncharted waters for these parents, and um, they're not equipped or ready or disciplined to make their kids do what they're supposed to do. And you brought up a good point before we started our call, was the the fact that, you know, it's really hard to be focused on, on what's going on on the screen when you have your, your – your sister running around with her doll and, you know, mom or dad in the kitchen, you know, banging the pots yeah. and pans, making dinner. And it, it is quite difficult. And yeah, I don't know why that didn't occur to me until you said it. Uh, maybe it did, but it just kind of hit me when you, when we had talked about it prior to hitting start here that of course they're uh, having a rough time with that. And they're doing everything via Zoom or some sort of platform that the schools are using. Right, right. And you know what's interesting? Um, it, you know, we, let's just re- rewind the scenario to kind of put some light on this for school owners. So um, I'm no expert. I have these little little glimpses of genius, like very small, tiny glimpses of genius, and I go back to being myself. But um, 
But, like, I'm thinking the other day I have a few of my friends. It was kind of a weird day. I think it was Monday where a few of my friends called me just to say thank you, Allie, for all the positivity you're putting out there and showing with your students and always having a positive light. And one of my good friends, a very successful school owner, he says, I really rely on you to keep me motivated. And, you know, you might not know this, but I'm always reading your stuff and watching what you do. So I felt quite honored because knowing that you're, you're you know, you're helping others is a good thing. But I, I wonder, you know, parents, you know, parents almost, they used to come to our school and they say, hey, I want my kid to learn discipline. He has no discipline, right? Then we would continually deal with the lack of discipline on the parents' part. You know, I'm sure you've had it where they turn to their kid and they say, Johnny, where's your uniform? Tell Mr. Brummett why you forgot it. Was it dirty? Like, and I'm going, he's six, man. You know, like, you're not going to teach him by ostracizing him and making him feel bad by letting, letting him see and be embarrassed in front of us. I said, you should have nipped that in the bud by having his uniform washed, having it folded and put on the bed or on the dresser or in his bag. It's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm dealing with a family issue right now where um, one of our family members is, you know, starting to um, forget things and so on, you know, with senility and, and that kind of thing. And uh, due to some uh, heart heart attacks and stuff like that. So we talk about how to handle that situation and try to teach them, you know, and, and it's always a lot of people will, will try to reconnect um, the person's memory. So they're like, hey, do you remember who I am? Like thinking that a question like that would get them to, to remember, right? But what happens is they get more and more confused. They, yeah. they can't remember, and then they get angry that they can't remember, and they become depressed and sad and angry at that moment. So it's – and then, you know, okay, we're going to shower, or they'll complain and say, oh, he hasn't changed his clothes in days. Well, have you set the clothes out and put them on the bed? Have you laid them out? Like, have you made their job so much easier, right? But you set, you set like, patterns up, you know, systems up, just like you and I are masters of systems, right? That's what – Everything we do is about systemizing our businesses, our schools. So why wouldn't a parent do that with their kid? Like, it's a project. You know, let's get our uniform together. Let's put it on the side for tomorrow so they know where it is. It's like the military. My friend my friend is right now in Bahrain. He's, um, he's overseas. And, um, he, you know, he talks about how it's so stickler for how they put their clothes away in their little footlocker. The shoes go on this side. The uniform goes here. The gun and ammo goes here, and everything is laid out. And I and I asked him why they tell him to do that. And he said because when it all hits the fan, they can't go rummaging around, going like, "Where are my shoes? I forgot where I put them." They're in a sequence, and it's in the sequence of how they get dressed, right? It's not like put your shoes on before your pants. It's like boom, shirt, then pants, then you know, you know, shoes, then gun belt, and the, and it's in that sequence, so that it leaves no chance for error. Parents right. need to learn to do that with their children, right? So back to your what you said before, the sisters running around. The, the, the mo- I have people where literally I'm going like, who's playing the piano that loud? Can you at least mute your sound on your on your keyboard if you know that your house is filled with loud noise and music? Mom and dad, you hear them talking like right next to the kids. Some of them are sitting on the couch having full blown loud conversations while the kids supposed to focus. And then right. they, and then they, and then they say, uh, I don't know my. My son is just not into the classes. Well, I'm like, because you're setting them up for massive failure. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, but you know what? I could say that in a very derogatory way, but the reality is people just don't get it. They're, they don't know what they don't know, right? You and I have to then step up and educate them. If we're going to do Zoom for a little while longer, then we have to really start setting them up for that. Yeah, I'm not going to need a, a person, to, a hairdresser to cut my hair or a barber to cut my hair because I'm about ready to pull it out, you know? Oh, yeah, right? you got a little gray yeah. like me. I have the gray on the sides and the gray's coming in and my hair's just keep on keep on growing. My hair's getting longer and longer. I just gel it a different well, way to make it look decent. We just had uh, 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 John Gaston get on. and uh, Oh, yeah? He he's in Illinois, so he 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 has it worse than I do because he's under the same. Even though I'm 50 minutes away from Chicago, he's under the same quarantine orders as I am, and he probably has little to no cases where he's from compared to what I have. Yeah, it's weird. And and John is my good friend, man. I I love John. Him and I go back so so far, um, and he's such a great 
guy and such a great martial artist. And um, I read one of his things not too long ago, and he's talking about how, uh, you know, how his township is, you know, they're they're just keeping people restricted and, you know, their people are struggling. So it's kind of a, it's a tough one, you know. It's just an amazing thing to see. But so, so reentry, I, I think that there are a few things that maybe we chatted about in the past, but we should really talk about more so. It's like, you know, the phases of reentry. And now everybody can contribute to this. All of us have different ideas. It would be kind of cool if overall, like, you know, uh, a friend of mine drives me crazy all the time. And uh, he's always like, my buddy's in Texas. You know, they're do And I'm like, dude, you live in Long Island. Texas and Long Island are far, they're far different than, you know, especially just with the government. One's a Republican state, one's a Democrat state. But at the same time, I'm like, we have to really understand that it's totally different in another state. Like, what you're going to go through is going right. to be different than what I am. So it's great to get everyone's opinions. And by the way, we have so many good people. I see Sean Jeff Lovren. He's a good friend of mine. He lives right around the corner, technically, and uh, he's been here with us. So it's, it's cool to see a lot of people popping on. Um, but um, so so maybe we – I think the first phase, and many school owners, believe it or not, Dwayne, we've talked about this months ago now, haven't really even reassessed their inventory of their, their schools, meaning they don't know what their expenses are, they don't know what their business expenses are, their personal expenses are, they still haven't gotten around to it, right? They, they don't know. So they're on the, the I guess it's on the, the, the edge of the cliff, either they're going to be able to back up away in safety or they're going to teeter-totter and fall right off because they haven't taken the time to really analyze what they what they have going. And then the next thing is what they can freeze or eliminate, right? There are certain things that if you're not at your school right now, you could probably put your optimum, not optimum, optimum is my service, but your cable internet on hold, unless you're shooting Zoom classes at your school. But if you're not and you're doing them at your home, you could probably freeze your internet for a period of time without losing anything. I mean, everyone is working with you. I just had my copy machine company um, took my bill and cut it in half. I mean, anything's a big saving. So for the next four months, I'm going to save another six or $700. So, again, it's that self-inventory, right? It's about knowing what your personal expenses are, what your business expenses are, and try to find a way to either eliminate or minimize what you, what you have going out, right? That's the most important thing. Right. And then analyze what you have coming in. Who's still training? Who's still paying? Um, what's your overall income structure? And figure it out. Basic bookkeeping 101, right? That's like that's the earliest phase. That's pre preemptive. That's the pre phase, right? And then phase one is how do we go back, right? And you know, I think that everyone is under the assumption that we just are going to the government is going to say yes, and we're going to turn the water force the water force back on, and it's going to just come streaming out. I still think that studying some of these states, which I've been watching closely, that are reopening. They're saying, like, you know, we have a local bar, but only four people showed up all night. Because people are still afraid. They're being killed every day with fear, right? We don't know. Now it's something else. This corona could turn into this. There are long-lasting illnesses. It turns into Kawasaki disease for kids. I mean, no one really knows. So people are battered with fear. So they're going to still be cautious. I don't think a lot of them are just going to go back to work because they can. They're going to be fearful of it. They're going to... They're going to want to protect their children and not put themselves at risk. You know, so there's going to be a slow build back to confidence, right? And we don't know. Could there be a resurgence? Could there be a reinfection? We just don't know. So a lot of people are un, unsure. So we have to think that way um, when we come back. Well, there's – yeah, and there are um, – I mean, I even know that the, some of the schools in our area um, are looking – already planning for next year – to not be open, um, you know, come August and September and what they're going to do about it. So they're already planning to not be reopened because and you either mean, a you mean public, public schools, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. And I'm yeah. sure private too, but I just know some public yeah. school teachers. And, and uh, so I bring that up because, you know, for us, not only do we need to come up with our, our phases of reopening, but I right. think after we, you know, not to scare anybody, but after our phases of reopening, I think we need to go back and e evaluate what are we going to do when and if there is a resurgence. Because I believe that if there is one, 
unfortunately, my state, uh, your state, yeah, they they will shut everything down like they did before because it, it's right. already set a precedence. And well, that, you know, I, that's why the Zoom classes are so important, right? Because it's an I don't want you and I are fearful of saying it's the, the new the new new right or whatever you, right? And you not, you're not a, you're not fearful. I am, but the new not, I I, yeah. ha- I hate it honestly. Like it's the new what is it? The new what? I forget to say. New, New normal. The new normal, right, right. So uh, one thing that's inevitable is change, right? We know that change every day. So let's just pretend like somehow some government restriction said martial arts schools are no longer allowed to teach for whatever reason. What would we do? We'd go out of business, right? But they're not saying that. So they're, they're allowing us to still do this. The, the dinosaurs of our industry are the ones that are not – teaching on Zoom. And then I just read a thread. It's just so annoying. And I I get sucked into the negativity. But I just kind of yelled at people on on one of the, I think it was Century or another post where people are putting down martial arts school owners for doing testing on on Zoom. And, and, you know, how dare you give out belts and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, give me a break. It was a yellow belt. Like, they didn't say it to me. They're just saying it in general. Like, so giving a yellow belt out to a six-year-old to keep them motivated, and excited is destroying the martial arts, the integrity and the morality of the martial arts. I'm like, it's really people like you that, that think that you're the higher and mighty than others that, that's really destroying um, the, the, you know, the morality of the martial arts, thinking that you have some, something to say. But what we probably will still stay with Zoom, right? I think that even if we reenter, I think that the plan should be in phase one, <clears throat> having classes opening up if we're allowed to, we still should probably be live simulcasting at, at, and following the same Zoom schedule um, that we have been um, and live casting that, that classroom. So if you have 10 kids in the class, they're all social distancing, putting them out on dots, and, you know, we can talk about a lot of really cool things and separating them, all wearing masks or whatever, or outside classes or whatever you could do. Um, anyway, you should probably still Zoom that class or however you're, you're broadcasting. And the people who are still nervous and afraid at home can watch that live class going on. They can feel like they're a part of that live class and still be on Zoom and still feel safe in their homes. That's the first phase. Yeah. Um, that 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 in and of itself presents challenges because I don't know that it. It's already happening. There's people that are already doing it where they have a, a live class going on with people in the studio and they have the Zoom going on at the same time. And to draw your attentions, you know, back and forth from from both of those is is, is going to be a challenge. It's not impossible, but it's just going to be a challenge uh, yeah. to do that. Um, I think part of your reopening phases, though, are obviously going to be based upon whatever your state and local governments are telling you that you're allowed to be able to do. So the, right. those things need to be taken in consideration. I know for us, um, I, we have no direction in Illinois yet. We don't even know when we're going to be open. Um, you, right. You know, uh, uh, who we had on last week, uh, Kenny Bigby, you know, they're going to be open on the 24th of May. So the state opened, right. and he is in Indiana, he, uh, in Indiana. So, you know, things started opening on the 1st of May, but gyms, and he's considered a gym, you know, he can't open until the 24th with, with restrictions, those type of things. So we first are going to have to, I think even if your state isn't, if, well, look, if your state is open, you need to look and see what they're allowing and base your plans upon those things and create different phases that you're going to do and what's going to happen uh, in those phases. So, again, maybe phase one is you're only allowed to have 10 people inside of your school. How does that look? What's the social distancing like you had brought up? Uh, what are the requirements for masks, no masks, parents allowed in right. or not in? You know, all of those things are going to be based upon, it. one, what the government is telling you. Man, I hate that phrase. What the government is telling you you're allowed to do. Right. But uh, right. The, the, other, the other is what you feel uh, is also appropriate because you may want that extra layer saying that, you know, parents can't be in or – Parents have to right. wear masks, or even the kids training have to wear masks. Uh, right. Even though it may not be um, something that your government is telling you to do, but you know your people better than we do. 
Um, so we can't sit here and tell you that you have to do this or you should do that. We're just bringing up some ideas that you need to take in consideration uh, as you move forward. And, you know, for me, I think that when we're allowed to reopen, you know, if 10% of my population comes in the first week, I think that would be generous. I'm looking at, you know, probably a, a, a 10 to 12 week period that right. I, I finally will have 100% of the people that I've kept come in. And that's not even, that's, you know, look, that's, that's not even bringing in new people because that's a whole right. different topic, uh, to get yeah. into. Well, here, here's my prediction. And, and you could, you could quote me on this and see how, how good I am at predicting things for the future, right? So I feel whether the governments or not allow us to open, there's going to be a massive revolt, right? I think right now that's going on. There are people you see in the news, a hair salon saying, I'm opening. I don't give a crap what my government says throwing a woman in prison and then realizing that it's unconstitutional to do that and then releasing her. And then Ted Cruz, the governor of Texas, goes and gets his haircut there as they start to open things up. Um, I'm finding that more and more people, like we, my daughter and I went out delivering my quarantine care packages, right? So she loves Starbucks. So we get on this big, long, massive line of 60 cars. Um, we ordered online and we find out after waiting 20 minutes that we could have pulled into the parking lot because we ordered on the phone, on the app. We could have just picked it up at the door. Walked in. Yeah, and walked in. So, but anyway, um, I'm seeing carloads of young teenagers, all of their friends with Starbucks. Like, you know, they're not family members. They're all just getting together, not telling their families. They're going, oh, I'm going to just sit with Maria at the, at the beach. We're going to be separate, mom and dad. And they're going out doing their thing and lying about it. It's a typical scenario of young, the young, right? We all just rebel. Um, but I feel like a lot of people just don't believe it. And, and they're not going to do it. So there's a small portion of that people, those people that are out doing what they're doing anyway. So eventually they're going to have to lift restrictions. I mean, think about it. Why can't we have people gather in our martial arts school for a 45-minute class in, in, with social distancing rules in place, and they're allowing 700, 800 people to be in a Costco or a Target or a, or a Tell me about big it. lot? And they're all getting together, touching the same thing, feeling the vegetables, putting them back. Like everyone is just doing what they normally do because mentally they're not prepared to actually social distance. They don't know what it means. Like it's, I was with my family this past weekend and we sat out in the yard and we were apart from each other. They're like, hey, uh, you want a napkin? And the one sister grabs the napkin. She's walking around with the napkins. Don't worry, I'm not touching your nap. Like it's still, it goes against all concepts of, you know, viral, you know, viruses, if you're really protected, you're in a suit and you're in a room and you don't come out. If not, you're going to be subject to it. They said 60% of the people that got sick recently were all people who stayed quarantined and stayed at home. So they're getting it somehow from packaging, from orders, from drop-offs, from something, from the air, from whatever. So so I'm sure there's going to be a revolt. That's my prediction. That Without me going on some wild tangent, which I already did anyway. Um, <laughs> but... But the question is, too, like, we, I think it's all about perception, isn't it always? So, like, when we have phase one, we we have to set up all the things, too, so people perceive their safety, not only perceive it as, you know, a fake reality, but, you know, are we going to – so I think phase one, parents drop off at the door, kids come in. I mean, some coaches are saying have a thermometer and check their temperature before they come in, but I don't even know if that's a reality anymore. People have had covid and had no sign of temperature whatsoever. So I, that whole temperature thing to me is another fallacy. But um, but maybe then the parents stay out in but, their car. But wait a second. Um, look, I agree with you. I think that taking somebody's temperature at the door is ridiculous. But right, if it makes your clientele feel as if you're doing everything you possibly can to keep their kid well, Right. Then is it worth doing it? I guess if it, if that's the way people feel, I just wonder if they feel that way. Like, I, I don't know if people, like, people get angry when you say you have a mask on. They're like, you can't tell me to wear a mask. But there are people that are out there that aren't wearing masks, and when you ask them to, they're like, I'm not putting on a mask to come in your store. I have every night right not to, you know. And I always, I have an old quote that I used to say all the time, just because you have a right doesn't mean it's right. Right. So, so we have, you know, we have to be careful. So you're right. Perception is everything. So maybe you do check temperature at the door. Well, I'm asking, I'm only asking that as, you know, the caveat to that, but, but maybe, maybe you uh, survey your people and say, look, these are the things that we're looking to do. Um, you know, 
and uh, on a scale from you know one to one to three, one being not important to you, two being semi-important, and three being absolutely you need to do it. Otherwise, I'm not coming right. back. You know, maybe you send yeah. out a survey to your people and let them decide for you. Uh, that way, you're not having to try to make a decision on, well, gosh, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? You know, that type of thing. And I get it. I get right. it. If, if the majority says um, no to the temperature taking and, and, and you have 20% that say yes and you don't do it, are you pissing them off? You know, the other 20%? Right. Yeah, maybe. Well, I think as leaders, we're always going to make the rules. The rules are in our house, right? There are dojo. There are rules. It's always like, you know, you can't come in. Um, without your T-shirt on, just, you know, without a shirt on and sit in the lobby. You know, you have to have a shirt. You know, sometimes you can't wear a hat in, in certain buildings, right? So there's certain things that we can easily just put in place. And then we could say the first phase, just for the safety of the kids, is that we're going to minimize our classes to, depending on your size, so that you have six, you know, feet apart. And if you're following the same schedule, like I'm going to probably follow my exact schedule that I have. And um, I may even reopen and just do it because I have two schools, so I may even do it in one location, right, so that, you know, that we don't have to have two staff, two people all running around, right? Um, but uh, that's something to see. Uh, and then uh, then I'm going to say, okay, well, kids have to wear masks. And we made these really cool ninja masks with this, like, mm-hmm. Oni character. It's, a, it's, a, it's like a um, ogre that scares away evil spirits. So that was what I used to put on the ninja mask. It's an actual samurai headdress kind of mask. Um, but anyway, so the kids could wear those, right? And then the parents could have a mask on, drop the kids off and go sit in the parking lot, you know, and wait, right? They don't have to, they don't have to be in the room at first, right? They could, they could trust us to just do the class. And then we'll, then like I used to do, I'd open up the door and I'd go, uh, Johnny, Mrs. Smith, you know, okay, go ahead, go to mom, you know, and you release them one at a time. Um, I used to do that anyway with classes years and years and years ago, right? So the parents wouldn't come in. They'd just sit out in the parking lot when I used to teach. Um, you know, then the other thing is now maybe, you know, three or four weeks, depending on the way things are going, then you allow parents to come back in with their masks on to sit in the lobby, right? You know, we social distancing, put the chairs up in a different way. I don't, you know, we just got to have that mindset, you know, and, and so on. There, there are other things you can do for perception is the cleaning, you know, the, how you, you know, how you're disinfecting. Like at one time when this first started, my guy Ryan, who's walking around with two hands with two Lysol things after each class, like spraying it. I'm like, dude, we're all going to die of Lysol poisoning if that could be the case. You got to be careful with all these chemicals. He's just like spraying it over his head. I'm like, you know, you got to be careful. So, but we want to have the perception of always cleaning. People got to know, and, and not to just do it. We should tell people what our schedule is, right? You know, this is we clean in the morning. We clean after every class. We wipe down the door handles. You know, so they understand this is a safe environment. It's not like going to Target where everyone's touching everything, right? In our schools, it's going to be different. If we're working pad drills, you know, they're going to have their sparring gear on, their own gear, so they're not actually hitting the glo- the bag, you know. Or, or I saw a dojo that had the kids wear gloves and masks, and they were training. They were doing sword, and they were hitting the pads, but. Um, you know, what people forget is, you know, you rub your nose and oh, your glove and you hit the pad and, and then that kid hits the pad and then he rubs his, it's the same transmission thing. So we just have to be as safe as possible and um, think about it in that phase. So phase one is like extreme safety. We're going to social distance. We're going to limit our class size. We're going to have parents stay outside. Um, we're going to have the kids wear masks and maybe gloves in class. Um, and then we're going to feel it out for a period of time while, in my opinion, and I'm just saying what I'm going to probably do, and then I'm going to simulcast my classes that I'm doing because I'm going to keep the same Zoom schedule that I've been with my reopening schedule, so I'm not going to have 68 classes a week. I'm going to probably keep it pretty much similar or maybe add a few so that we can have thinner classes and um, have Zoom Maybe maybe here's another idea. Maybe once or twice a week they do a live class. Once or twice a week they do a Zoom class, and they reverse so that they're never overcrowded, something like that. So we're still at full capacity in the classroom, but only a third of them are in the live class, and the rest of them are on Zoom, that kind of mindset. So it really all depends. So just some ideas to throw out there. What are your thoughts on all that? Well, yeah, I don't thought. disagree. There's a lot of people out there yeah, watching. Really. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, 
I, I like the the swapping with regards to you know this week you're in the studio next week you're on the Zoom. I like right. that. You know I I, I even thought about um, you know we uh, we 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 just do all the classes outside um, unless it's going to rain and then if if we know that there's a chance of rain then that day is just a Zoom day no matter whether it rains or not. Right. That's awesome though. You're right. Like so. I, I'm super fortunate that my East Isaac location has a huge outside facility. So I have an entire playground set up. So I could literally host 100 people out there without even coming close to each other. I mean, it's like almost an acre of property, you know, three-quarters of an acre. Um, and we have two sides of the yard. So we could put this class over there, that class over there, and not really come in contact. So for those that don't have that, like one of my clients, David Nemroff, he's already approached his landlord. And got his landlord Joe agree. He's got this whole side yard that's like behind the building, and we do our classes there once once a week. And the landlord said, "Sure." So could you do it in the parking lot if if that would work? You know, you gotta you gotta think about how you're going to be able to do it. But the pot the the most important part is start thinking about it now, right? Start developing some phases, and and you and I are going to come up with a bunch of lists and maybe put it out on this group on the martial arts school owner talk closed group to kind of. Have sort of like a you know an ebook kind of ideas for reentry kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You and I are gonna put that together, and uh, I don't I don't really have a time frame on it, but we do we do need to get it done soon because yeah. you know people there's some people that need it now, and and like me, I I probably won't need it for another month, but it will be nice to have it all ready when uh, uh, you know when we when we are able to reopen. Right, exactly. And and that's the thing is that that's so important is that you you have to number one put those plans in effect. Then the second thing to that that portion of the plan is to communicate it to the families, right? So I I'll give you an example. I'm out delivering my quarantine care packages. I did this cool thing where I gave him a T shirt, I gave him a mask, and I gave him one of my books and and I went around with my daughter. We delivered to 12 different households, right? And I knock on the door, step away from the door. One of the dad answers, like, oh, my God. You know, he first he looked at me like I was crazy because I had my mask on. I'm like, oh, it's me, Shihan. You know, oh, my God, Shihan, how are you? Um, you know, this kind of thing. And, and, um, and then he asked me, he said, Shihan, when you guys come back, are you going to still keep the Zoom classes in effect? And I said, yeah. And he said, oh, thank goodness. He goes, because we're a little nervous about coming back and this whole reentry thing and everyone just go out doing their thing. We're probably going to hang back for quite some time. I said, yeah, we're going to keep the Zoom classes going um, so you won't have the thing to worry about. And it's funny because his kid used to only train on Saturdays, whatever their work schedule is. Now he's training like four days a week on the Zoom classes. It's the most I've ever seen the kid in three years, right? Now he's like, but they're loving the opportunity to be able to, and they both work from home, the parents, so they're able to do their thing. So they're just like, okay, Stephen, jump on, ready, let's get you in there. And they, you know, I have a separate room set up for him, and he goes and does class, and he's doing really well with it and enjoying it. So um, Michelle, Sensei Michelle, uh, she's a good friend of mine. She lives out in, East Ham out in the Hamptons in Long Island, way out on the, on the end of the island. She wrote, my landlord offered up his parking area for outdoor classes. So that's awesome. So you see, so there are, all you got to do is ask and, and figure it out. So, um you know, this is something that we could put into our plan of action, you know, to gather. And, you know, and, if hey, listen, if you don't have it, go go to a local park if they're allowing you to back into the park. You know, that kind what, of thing. Uh, what, okay, so I don't know how many phases we're talking about here, but phase one we kind of covered. What would be phase two then where we allow um, parents to come back in with masks? Yeah. Um, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. What are you thinking with regards to phase two? Well, I think phase two, of course, is going to be also, of course, determined based on, you know, phase two could be phase one. And what I mean by that is we could find out that there's, you know, they put us back in quarantine because there's a resurgence oh, of, of people getting sick. My honest opinion is I think that people are um, building their immunity, that herd immunity type mentality. It's just like it was anything else. People, some people won't get infected. Some people will. Some people will get infected and get better. And, and this, it's going to be kind of similar-ish, right? Um, but I think that once we go into phase two, that's when we have to determine what our whether our government is lightening up. They're saying, hey, the curve is down, and now we start letting people come back into the lobby. Maybe we let more people in the classroom, depending on distancing regulations, right? Maybe we 
have them train three days a week and still have the Zoom classes available and let people on and off depending on your schedule and, and so on. And we start to ease up those restrictions um, as far as how we're running our school. Maybe as things get better, maybe limit, maybe do a little bit less of the Zoom classes. Although I don't see them as being an issue. Like we could simulcast all the time, right? We could always have it. And you said it before, it's a little bit difficult. But for my, for me, I'm used to doing this stuff where I would like teach a class, but being videotaped for whatever. And then I turn to the camera and I go, Hey, so, so everyone who's on Zoom, um, you're going to do this drill, right? This is what you're practicing at home, that kind of thing. I was trying to teach a few of my friends who run schools and they're just doing YouTube videos and then they're out there. It's like a 13-minute nonstop gangbuster video. I said, you know what you should add in? I'm going to tell you to add in four breaks, right? And you teach a segment of the techniques, and then you say to your YouTube people, pause this video and go practice that 40 times. And then when you're done, come back. And uh, so it gives them some interaction. And it's not like they're just trying to keep up. Because people, don't, you know, when you watch a video, you just keep watching, 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 and then you try to retain what you saw and go, you got to have it broken down in segments, even on videos that are on YouTube. You have to break it down. So you do the same when you teach in a classroom. You know, here's what we're doing. Let's all do it together. And by the way, for those of you at home, this is what you're practicing without a partner or whatever the case may be. So you have to be a little bit more cognizant of like a two-view type of mentality, right? But so maybe we're doing less of that. You know, maybe we're doing less trying to draw them out. But if not, you just keep it simulcast. I mean, I, I want people to be safe and I want them to be happy. I don't want to lose them. So I want to give them right. as much opportunity as I possibly can, right? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just so over all of this that uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just so over it. Uh, that's all I can I say. Know. I know it sounds stupid. I know. Well, you know what's funny? My daughter and I will watch a TV show if you're watching Hulu, and then every commercial in between is identical. And it's the same thing where it's like, you know, coronavirus, and then you have the nurses. And my fiance, Nicole, she, she'll sit there and cry. Like, I, I get annoyed. I'm sorry if I sound like a bah humbug, and I'm probably, probably people are going to get mad at me. But I get, like, the other day, there was a drive-by birthday party across the street from me, you know, two weeks ago. And they didn't go by once, there's 20 cars. They just kept coming around the circle, beeping horns on full volume, playing happy birthday music. And my, my fiance Nicole is crying. This is touching. I'm like, I, I'm going to get my paintball gun out and start shooting at people in a second. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Like, why do I have to be subjected to beeping for 45 minutes? Like, you know, like I'm a little self-centered when it comes to that. Like I, so she's like, you're a bah humbug. And I'm like, I, even my daughter and I were watching shows in every commercial. Like, we can't fast forward on Hulu. So I have to watch the coronavirus, everything, everything, everything. Like, we're, we're in this together. We're, you know, like, I'm so tired of them forcing it down my throat. It's like, I don't want to see that negativity. Let me have, let me have my escape. I want to jump into my television and escape. I want to watch that fantasy show that has nothing to do with the reality right now. Why do you got to keep every five minutes and throw it down my throat? I'm so fed up with it. Like, you know, let me choose what I want to see. If I want to watch the news and be depressed, I'll watch it. But don't make me watch what you want me to see. Well, you right? know you can pay the extra 2 or 3 or $4 I, a month. And I know. I, I may do that. I may do that. We've been watching a lot of uh, Netflix too, so that doesn't have commercials. But but you know you know what I'm saying? It's like it, you could even on my shows that I record, we record them so we can fast forward through the commercials. But inevitably, you're still seeing it. You know, you, you, even when you're in fast forward motion. So my my frustration is that we're we're kind of bombarded by it. And anyway, long story short, I think that we have to uh, you know let people come back slowly, and then we have to think about this too. We're probably going to open and. Just like in a snowstorm, um, if it was a blizzard and we stayed open, you'd have those four people with the Yukons with, with you know, chains on their tires going, it would never stop me from coming out, right? Like, they're going to show up, right? So we closed not for not because them, but we closed because the mass of people that are, you know, normal won't come out, right? So we have to think, like, how are we going to do that into the future with the, you know, students, new students trying out? Will we – and my friend – talk about this. It's an idea for you, Dwayne. I don't know if you're doing it, but my friend talked about it yesterday. He goes, I just started beginner classes on Zoom just for beginners that are, it's just the brand new people. I'm not plugging them in because then they go, I can't follow along. And I'm like, wow, 
That's what I normally do. Why am I plugging in a very basic beginner into a class with 25 students that know what they're doing? So, so my buddy's going, yeah, I'm just doing beginner classes for those people only. And then we're slowly showing high block punches and taking them, baby stepping them through so they feel more comfortable. So I'm going to probably talk to my guy today about maybe adding two of those a week for those brand new people or like the people who are struggling. Um, and do it that way. But, but, you know, so we have to change and shift our mentality ever so slightly. And maybe we do those Zoom intro lessons still, and then we implement them into our class when they're ready, right? A Zoom beginner class. And then, it, then eventually they come in once to try it out or twice to try it out once they feel safe and sound. Um, there's a lot of things to still be worked out, but I mean, I just wanted to do this call because of the thoughts. We have Donna Smith on, online with us too. Donna's a, old client of mine, um, and uh, her and her husband run a huge Gracie Jiu-Jitsu school. So I wonder um, what they're doing because it's Jiu-Jitsu, you know, grappling, one-on-one -on -one type of scenarios. So I wonder how they're how, – Donna, how – get in touch with me and let me know how you're doing because I'd love to know how you guys are handling everything. Um, but uh, so so I, here's a few things. Let me quickly – I have a, a little bit of a list, and, and I'll say, like, some things that I discussed with one of my clients. So – um, maybe one time a week outdoor classes film and actually film the outdoor class on Zoom. Set your iPad, your uh, iPhone up on a, on a tripod and shoot the outdoor class. Um, you know, uh, wear masks and social distancing rules. Some of my friends and clients have bought those little sentry dots and hands. I have them in my school. I've had them for, for a year or so where you place them on the floor so kids know where to stand. Uh, one thing I urge you to do is tape them down because if not, they're going to just kick them around. So, you know. Um, and the weirdest thing is they're textured. One has bubbles on it. The other side is flat, and kids love to flip them around. Some like the texture. Some like the flatness. Um, but get get those distancing things or put a sticker on the floor, a piece of X with tape, you know, so people know where they're going to go. And then have it set up for a line for kick pads, like if you're doing the Wave Master. Have where the Wave Master goes, square, put a square or a circle on the floor, and then have lines pre-set up on the floor. Everyone take their lines for pad drills. You know, just so there's no unorganization, disorganization, and, and confusion. Um, my one client is actually getting a system called the Remo Halo system, which is a uh, air filtration system that goes into your vents and ducts in the in the school, and it takes out uh, airborne bacteria. It's supposed to kill the coronavirus. I don't know how true it is. I haven't read stats on it, but that's what he's putting in. You have a HEPA filter, too which also cleans stuff and allergens out in your lobbies, right? You said just alone help the smell of the school. Tremendously. Oh, my gosh, yes. Right? So that's another thing. We have that in the lobby, or we have that as well, so that people feel like, hey, you're, listen, we're doing some things here, right? And, 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 and not, I keep saying feel, but we are doing some things here. We, they're not going to feel like it. We're doing things. We're, we're doing things, right? Um, Maybe some of the parents can only drop off and pick up, right, for the first few weeks. Then additionally, the safety and protocol expands, depend on our government's restrictions, right? And then um, parents eventually could stay in the lobby and watch the classes. But if they're Zooming it, if you're Zooming it, they could sit in their car and watch it on their phone on Zoom, right? That kind of thing. And, Which and most can, of them aren't going to pay attention to it anyways. They're going to be on no. their, their phones watching their, their uh, binging Exactly. Well, again, remember, they're, they also look at their time with their kids as us taking care of their kids and teaching them at their break time that they seriously need, right? Right. So, um, you know, so then, uh, then you know, I, I still think, too, like you could you, – and what what's cool, I haven't done it yet, but you can simulcast your Zoom classes live onto a private Facebook page, too. So you can stream it while it's going on. So if they don't want to sign in and you don't want to have, you know, 40 kids and 40 parents signed in to drag it down a little, you can have them go on to your private, you know, Zoom class live feed where parents could just go in on Facebook and, and watch some of the class there. Right? So there's many opportunities. And, you know, um, I have a question for you, too, and this is a big topic that a lot of people are asking. It's like, why um, – what are you doing with credits? Like, I'll give you an example. I had a parent. Nice guy, I consider him a friend, kind of friend, you know, and um, but he drives me crazy sometimes. So he's like, Allie, uh, Sheon, you know, uh, when we come back, I expect you to give us all four months or two months or three months that we've been off in, in full credit. And I'm like, but your child's been doing six classes a week. Why should I credit you back? Well, it's not the same. And he, goes, he said, it's more about um, the, the, 
service, like you're giving us a service back. Your loyalty to us as a client is giving us these Zoom classes. That's why we're sticking with you um, so that we should get it back at the end. So I'm like, but if, if we come back and then have to give everyone three or four months credit, we're going to be with another four months without any kind of income. Does that make any sense? It just puts us in a worse situation that we're in right now. Um, he wasn't going for it. Like, that's just the way he thinks, and that's the way he felt. So we have to consider, like, how are we going to credit people? What are you thinking, like, when you come back? Like, what are you doing? Any kind of one month, two months, any months, no months? Zero months. So you're going to just give them straight through, they did their training, and they come back, and we start up again? Yeah. Okay. I kind of leaning towards that as well, but I may give credit back to the ones that haven't really taken advantage of it but continued to pay. So I might say, listen, I noticed you haven't done any classes, you know, at all in two months. I'm going to give you a month's credit at the end of your agreement. Does that sound fair? Like, yeah, I wasn't even going to ask you for it, that kind of thing. But one thing I – maybe we should, just as a way of saying thank you, that loyalty thing that that client was talking about, maybe give them a parent's night out or maybe give them – uh, 30% off on the next two parents' night outs or some sort of discount that they can save money or maybe give them, um, you know, uh, a coupon for gear or, you know, $20 gift certificate for, you know, whatever. Like, just think of some things that could create over-the-top service, right? Now, you have I'm your, not opposed to that. Yeah, so, I mean, not giving away the farm and putting yourself in financial ruin, but at the same time, and, and you know, here, listen, a good friend of mine bought me a book that changed my life, right? The book is called uh, Never Split the Difference, right? And that's you. I still talk about this book. I've taken the guy's course. Um, his name is Phil Ross. If you haven't read it, read it. It's amazing. Um, but anyway, uh, he talks about asking one question. He said the question that would change hostage situations, right? He said, so you're the hostage taker. And you're gonna, I'm gonna kill Dwayne if I don't get my hundred grand by tomorrow. And then the hostage, this guy would talk and he calls in the radio DJ voice, you know, so it's very hard to do it on text message, so don't do it. But he'd be like, do you think that's fair? A hundred thousand dollars? We don't have that kind of money. Like he'd speak like that. And they go, fair? He goes, well, is it fair? Do you think that that's a fair deal, that money? You know, like, so the biggest question, is it fair? Like, is it fair to us? So you could ask the question, well, what do you think is a fair split? You want two months? What's a fair split? And people will immediately negotiate down, so that's a good question to ask people. So what are we going to give? You know, coupon discounts, free parents' night outs, maybe free private lessons, maybe a Zoom night, another Zoom night. You're doing the scavenger hunt this weekend, right? I did it on Friday last weekend. It was a blast. Wasn't it? Okay, so I did mine the weekend before. It was amazing. And did you give any prizes out? Yeah, I did pizzas like you you were talking about. Um, Great. Uh, one of my local places here that I work with, uh, they go, oh, yeah, we had that. I have to tell you, the um, pizza parlor was so thankful that I called them. And uh, there was two – I called three pizza parlors. One of them I usually use all the time for my pizza parties. Never going to use them again. Their attitude was terrible. They lost my business. The second one was a friend of mine that owns a pizza parlor that, that I didn't really do business with, but I wanted to because he's my friend. He said, yeah, Ali, I'll give you a call back, and then he never did. Never going to get my business. And, and people suggested him online. And I, I know the guy. I went to high school with him. And um, they said, oh, use this guy. And I'm like, I wrote back. He never even returned my calls. He said he wasn't interested. So I ended up with another pizza parlor, and I delivered – I gave everyone a prize, all all 30 families that were there, and they delivered them, and the pizza – taking pictures of them before when the pizza's prepared and then after it's cooked, and the kids are in my masks with my shirt. And one of my friends wrote to me a thing, and I didn't even think about this. He goes, that's just genius marketing. And I'm like, I didn't want to market. I'm just doing the right thing. But it was such a positive time, right? So why not offer – like, why couldn't we do that again? You know, a scavenger hunt in, in the future, even when we're back in the dojo. Why couldn't we do an at-home night? You know what I mean? For free. It doesn't cost us anything. You and I are for an hour. We're at our computer having a fun time, and everyone's running around their house like crazy. You know, that kind of thing. You know, if, it, so some things to think about. What are you going to do to give people to add some value? Um, Stephen Murphy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he, he's with us. Uh, he he was one of my instructors until he moved away, but he still comes back and helps out a lot. But uh, 
He said, I, he basically just said what you said, right? I would right. recommend if they bring it up, uh, billing concerns in, in, in a case like that, explain, you know, what you've done and ask them what, what is fair. Uh, people will often ask for less when discussing it with you than they might offer up. And that's kind of what you had yeah, said. Yeah. You know, look, I, yeah, I had I, a mom who, 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 who emailed me and said that she was, uh, disappointed that to find out that we were still taking money out. Uh, of of their account and I did not write back what I wanted to write back because right it, whenever I get those I go and investigate inside of our software to see if they've opened up emails if they've attended classes yada 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 right and she's she's opened up the emails you can't tell me that in these these times right now you don't see that the money's coming out you're going to wait two months before you find out that the money's coming right. out I mean that just tells you what type of person is not checking their account right on a regular basis um and so i just emailed her back and i said uh you know i'm sorry uh that you know you you uh, you feel that way you know our service has not changed we just did it virtually um i will refund the uh, uh last two months and we will put your contract on hold until we, you know, reopen and when and if you want to come back in, we'll, we'll open it back up. Otherwise we'll cancel it. And I never heard back from her, but she, yeah. she's the type of person that she's done little digs on different things before, you know, yet when a right. kid needs help, I'm the first person. Oh, well, you know, Mr. Brumhead, help hey, me, Mr. you know. Yeah, exactly. Can you sit with and spend 20 minutes with Johnny and, and, and tell him why, you know, he, you know, he shouldn't do this at home and you put in all that extra time. I feel the same way, Dwayne. It's, it's sad. Like, you know, the thing that bothers me the most, and probably some people have experienced this as well, is this chargeback scenario, where they, I, I, sent, I sent them a letter and said, listen, if you can't afford it, let me know. And we'll still keep your training, but we'll put your billing on hold, right? Or if you can't, you know, if you're having a struggle, let me know. We'll work with you. I mean, my, I'm here to help. This is my, my goal as a leader is to help these people through this difficult time. But I get so annoyed when people do a chargeback, and not only does it get the money pulled right out of my account, that I thought I was going to pay bills with, but it also charges me an additional 40 bucks on top of it for the chargeback fee. So now, you know, if they did two months in a row, I just spent an additional $80 in, on top of refunding them the money that all they had to do is ask me to refund. And, and we said to them, if you want to pay, you pay. If you don't, you let us know. You know, we'll work with you. But, you know, people are funny that way. They, they're afraid to confront you. They're afraid to be put on the spot, you know, and everybody reacts to stress in a different way. So I hold some of these people accountable because their true nature is coming out. And some of the people, I have to be honest, I may say, you know what, we decided that we're not going to take you back as a student um, just because of the way things were handled. And, and I get it. You know, you might want to check it out and go to a different school or think of a different path for your kids. But other than that, I'm going to try to work with as many people as possible. But there are a few, though, that I've definitely decided that I don't want to work with anymore. Um, you know, so that's just the way it's going to go. You know, treat me fair. I've always been fair to you, you know, and that kind of thing. I've had some situations where people were so happy, and then I said, it's time to renew. They're like, yeah, we're not renewing. Thanks anyway, you know. And they were like, we're all along. They were having a great time coming to class, and they just decided against it. So, um Anyway, I know we're running short on time, and I know you're busy. You're probably killing it with a whole bunch of virtual trials and one-on-one -on -one classes there. Um, so uh, did you have – I mean, we have a whole list. I appreciate you you allowing me to kind of re-cover um, over and over again this situation, but I, I, we're going to put out a list and work together on it um, for people and, and get opinions from different industry leaders, you know, as far as what we might be missing or what they might be doing. I'm going to – enlist some of the help of some of my good friends who are industry uh, gurus like Stephen Oliver and Toby Milroy and, you know, maybe, um, you know, people that uh, would, you know, John Graydon and people like uh, the Kovars and, and things like that, that they're really icons in the industry, maybe get them to add their stuff to the list and their thoughts, just so that we could help the industry in general and, and be there for them. Um, yeah, so what do you think? Anything else to close up? Uh, well, I know that, you know, you had brought this up uh, before the call, but I don't know that we really talked about it. I think I mentioned it in passing. But another another thing to be thinking about, so one is your, your, your phase of entry for your current clients and how that's going to look, 
um, you right. know, whether it's a three-phase three phase process, that needs to be written out uh, and then communicated correctly. The, uh, the second thing as an owner is, you know, what are you – your – your phases or now your new compliance, um, I'm trying to come up with the word, things for your employees because you right. need to you, you need to communicate to them what's being done to protect them uh, as well and the phases that that's going to go through. And then lastly, uh, you know, the, the whole marketing aspect of bringing in new individuals, Right. But also reactivating uh, the individuals that you uh, have lost or that have, are put on hold, those type of things uh, you need to be thinking about and coming up with a plan and then deciding, you know, when you're going to launch that, that uh, those type of plans. I know that, you know, we're going to cover a lot of that in this uh, in this ebook or whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because th- there is more to think about than just bringing the the active people back and how that's going to look because you do have your employees and you have the inactive uh, individuals uh, as well as the uh, individuals that maybe did a virtual trial but are waiting to come back and do a physical trial. Yeah, because I've had that. I don't know if you've had that too where they've done a whole month of the virtual trial and they say, hey, we've absolutely loved it. Thanks for introducing my child to this. Now we're going to come in when you guys reopen because we want to see what it really feels like. Um, so I have a few of those people that, you know, I'm almost like, come on, just keep on going. Like, what's the sense of not doing it? Um, I may even offer them an additional free time period because I don't want them to then fall out of the phase of things. But you're right, though. Marketing to old clients, people that haven't trained, there's going to be a lot of mind shifts going on right now, right, where I have – I don't know about you, Dwayne, but I the other – yesterday or in the day before, I had my Facebook Messenger, like seven messages going at once with simultaneous conversations of students that have moved away that are struggling, um, students that trained with me years ago that are struggling. One of them is a retired cop. He's having a hard time dealing with this and, and life in general. He's retired now and so on. Another one is in a rehab center going through a whatever step process to get off of drugs and alcohol, and he's texting me for advice. Of, you got world-renowned counselors helping you, and you want to talk to me? You know, so, like, you know, there are going to be a lot of people that are going to reevaluate and say, maybe I need to get my life back in order and go back to the time when I was most positive, when that's when I was training, or I loved how I felt when I did martial arts. So there are a lot of people, so we should be marketing to the old students, all of them, and that haven't trained, the ones that quit over the last four to six months for whatever reason, um, and then you want to go and market to all the potential people that were in your virtual classes that maybe signed up for information and never followed through because those are the people that you want to get back in. And maybe that could be like an ease-in program where you do like a class or two privately on Zoom or you just do a small beginner group on Zoom just for those people. Um, and then you teach them as if they've never done it before and then, you know, build from there. And then the other thing, too, is to market, right? You and I have a great marketing guy. He, he does all our Facebook ads is to get back to marketing. So I'm hoping that if you're surviving, put a few dollars away a, a week. 100 bucks a week away or, you know, $200 a week if you can, whatever it may be for when you come back so that you could kick it on marketing, put in like a good hefty budget and get it out there, right, so that you could promote your school again. Because I don't know about you, Dwayne, in my area, I have at least six schools. I hold up a five, but let's do the six the Japanese way, like this. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, they're all out of business. Signs on the window closed. Oh, you know, so um, I, I knew that that would happen. You know, I'm scared myself, but I, I have much more um, stick-to-itiveness and, and, you know, I have much more time in. So, uh, but these people were at, they were on the cusp, like I said, of jumping off the cliff or, or pulling back and running the other way, and a lot of these people couldn't handle it. I know that, I know of one that canceled. I remember the MMA school uh, yeah, that yeah. was here. So a lot, a lot of BJJ and MMA schools are struggling. And, by the way, if they want, they should – get in touch with myself or you um, and or speak to Kenny, my, our buddy, who um, who's teaching, and, and we are. We're still teaching grappling class. I have the funniest, cutest little video clip of a kid, like, elbow crashing off the couch, his huge stuffed animal teddy bear. It's, like, bigger than him. And he's on top, top mount, throwing it in an arm bar, punching and striking. Like, he's going crazy on his teddy bear. So there are ways to perform these techniques. 
um, Kenny built the BJJ buddy. You built one too the other day, right? Like things to practice with. So don't give up school owners, please. Don't quit. Like Chung Park from the, one of the owners of Spark said, he says, this is the time where you have to show your martial strength rather than give in to your fears. You know, come well, up with ways. I'm here. You're here. Let's try to help people. Yeah, and this whole week we're doing uh, grappling for my intermediates on up. So last week I gave him the video of Kenny, and I and I gave him directions. I gave him written directions on how to build that BJJ buddy. And uh, so all of my intermediate all the way through black belt, that's what we're doing is we're grappling this week. And it's totally different, uh, you know, not for my black belts, but it's for my below black belts, it's totally different. Right. They're not, you know, they're not covering that material up until black belt. Um, and so this whole week is brand new to them, which yeah. has been exciting for them. And then uh, this Saturday we have uh, 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 Kenny doing a, a BJJ seminar, uh, virtual That's seminar awesome. with, with us, because it was kind of – it's ramping up to his seminar, but it's totally fresh this week. Yeah, and Kenny, Kenny is just – you know, we interviewed him last week. I have to say, and, and this is just because I know him personally for years, he is a very charismatic, well-spoken, in amazing physical condition, you know, just a good guy to have as a leader to that industry. Even though he might not be a legendary person in the BJJ community like people like maybe like a Higa Machado or the Gracies, but um, he certainly can elevate himself during this time because he's got every element of being one of the most successful um, instructors. He's just so well-spoken, so easily able to teach his concepts, you know, verbally. So well, I'm, I'm proud of yeah, him. Yeah. And let me, uh, I, I cringe every time you say well-spoken. And the only right. reason I do that, I know, I know what you mean by it, but I just want to make sure that it's not being misconstrued because he's black. Are you saying what you mean? Think? No, I just, I'm telling you, uh, and what I know you mean is the fact that you know, he is able to articulate the even nuances of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to a beginner. That's what you mean uh, about being well-spoken, right? Yeah, and when I and yeah, definitely. And um, you see, I would that's how ignorant I am to any kind of racial kind of stuff, you know. So I would have never even thought that. But what I'm what I'm talking about is not everyone can speak, you know, like meaning like publicly speak and teach in a way where you can get your point across. And that's what I mean by well-spoken. I mean, like, it, not only is it, his vocabulary amazing, like, he's so intelligent. I mean, he's a former yes. Navy SEAL, so, you know, like, he's, he's got it all, right? But at the same time, what I mean by that is he's well-spoken when, when he's able to explain in a way that you understand versus, versus, like, you know, just talking and people are going, what the heck did he just say? That kind of thing, you know? So um, he's such a great communicator. I should say, right? Instead of well spoken, he's such a great communicator. I, I just, yeah, I, I, I want to be careful with that. And and you've said it a few times, and I'm going. Eh. Some people take that the wrong way, but I know what you write. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, exactly. Well, thank and you now, for getting me out of that. Out of that. Jeff said that he'd like to see the BJJ buddy. Uh, I'm typing. It I'm be typing it right page, now. It? Yeah, I just said Is it's it on, on the page? see the entire video. I just responded. I said Jeff. It, if you go on the page, you can see the entire video of it. You post, It's on this page. It's a little bit further in on the page to see it. Yeah, or you can go to uh, you can go to School Owner Talk, I think, right? No, I guess I didn't throw it up there. I'm looking real quick to see if I threw it up on School Owner Talk. Well, well it's, definite, it's definitely um, posted right on this Martial Arts School Owner Talk closed group, the one that we're in right now. Just go to the actual okay pages it shows kenny's video it also shows a picture of you making your own bjj buddy and and so on and uh um so it's okay. there it's yeah it's pretty good and if you if you search youtube i think you just go into youtube um and you go to bjj buddy um let's just see bjj buddy be well, careful you know, of what what comes up um yeah <laughs> I, you know what i'll do is i'll throw it on when we get off of this i'll throw it on our school owner talk page so when, our call with kenny is schoolownertalk.com forward slash uh 240 and so if yeah, you and, look at schoolownertalk.com forward slash 240 it'll be up there uh within you know 10 minutes there's a video too that he has up on youtube called bjj buddy week and it says tristar martial arts academy 
That's me. That's me. That's the one that I I did an announcement to all of my people about, hey, look, we're doing – we're doing this, you know, BJJ week, and then we got Kenny doing the seminar on Saturday. So that's actually mine. But I have his. I'll throw it up because I have it unlisted. Okay, so cool. I'll throw it up on him. Awesome. Very cool because I'm searching YouTube, and all I do is see a whole bunch of uh, fighting and stuff like that. All right, well, Dwayne, listen, thank you for being on here with me. I'm, I have an 11 o'clock, which is kind of cool. I've been getting – I don't know. I guess everybody's trying to do some podcasting and stuff, so I've been getting a lot of requests to do interviews. Um, I'm a, I'm a space filler because people know if they ask me, I'll do it. So I'm doing a really cool call on just ninjutsu and the traditions of Mimpo and ninjutsu at 11 o'clock on a, a podcast today. So that's going to be going on. But I'm excited to continually share. Um, I want you to know, from my friend's point of view, they're telling us that we're, they're watching what we do and what we say. And We've been an inspiration to a lot of people. I know a lot of people don't tell us that, but I'm telling you that just in case you ever question it um, because people have been telling me that, and um, I feel good that we're helping our industry, I hope, and, um, you know, continually keeping martial arts alive. Uh, I'm trying to speak with one of our council members, uh, a congressman, about it, who's a local guy that that I kind of know, and see if he'll try to work with us on helping martial arts schools and putting us in the forefront. So... Anyway, keep up the great work. I appreciate you. And did you want to close it out like we normally do? Yeah, I just want to remind everybody, if you have not subscribed to our podcast, then you can uh, go to your favorite podcasting source. But you can also find different podcasting sources at uh, schoolundertalk.com. But you can find us on iTunes and Spotify and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different places, Google Play and what have you. So subscribe so you get this just sent right straight to your phone. Uh, that way, if you're not able to uh, get on these live calls with us on the Facebook page, you know, you, you'll get it sent to your phone. And if you are listening to this via the podcast and you want to get on our, our private Facebook group, just go, go to schoolownertalk.com, and in the menu section, you will see the button to uh, ask for permission to get into the group. Allie, thanks a lot, man. Great. Take care. I'll see you soon. All right. Have a great day.